you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, um, this is a series that's going to go all year. But what I mean by that, I'm not going to preach every week on prayer, though we could. Uh, we're just going to keep touching on this throughout the year. Randomly, this concept of teach us to pray, is, it's going to be seemingly random, but it's going to appear at various times throughout the year. Because I've noticed something as I've been doing what I do for many, many years in vocational ministry is we, we start something, and you might know this in your own home, maybe a diet or something, and your, our start is good. Our continuation is more difficult, and what if we don't give attention to it soon, it doesn't happen. And so in prayer, prayer is so vitally important. Uh, we're going to touch on that all throughout the year, uh, but we'll start here in Luke chapter 11. One day, everybody say one day. That means any day, every day, all days. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished... One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. This is not going to be the one that you, if you're older, that you said in school. It's going to be in the New International Version, so just you might have to read along. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's what Jen was talking about. His aligning with him on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It was... Jesus, I love how it starts. It says one day he's praying, and, and obviously people, his disciples were watching him, and when he was finished, they said, teach us to do what you just did. In other words, Jesus, in his prayer, in the way that he prayed, and in the effectiveness of his prayer and how he prayed, it was something that they said, what I'm doing right now is not that. What I'm experiencing right now is not that. A lot of my prayers go up and seemingly hit the ceiling, uh, Jesus. So what you're doing, I want to learn how to do. The effectiveness of it, the passion of it, the release in it, the power of God moved because of it. Maybe the relaxed posture and position that Jesus did, starting with our Father, not with the Grinch, not with the withholder, but our Father who's in heaven, who loves us, who's for us, who's, who's acting on our behalf. And just this place of, oh, wow, you're doing it better, Jesus. It's real. There's, there's a refreshing to that. There, there's something different to the way that you pray than the way that I pray. And I recognize that today. I join with the disciples, and I think most of us in the room would join with the disciples and say, teach us to pray. Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, I pray this morning that you will teach us. Lord, that you would help us to move forward onto your agenda, to move uh, from where we are to where you want us to be. Lord, that you will activate us in a new season. Lord, that you will cause our hearts to be turned towards you. Lord, that more than words of, of, of a song, that they will be a reflection of our heart, that we want more, we need more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Teach us to pray. Usually you ask, teach us 
when you observe a master doing it or somebody who's more experienced in it than you. Teach us. I was about 12 years old, and I was spending a couple of weeks in the summer with one of my uncles in a place called Edson, Alberta, uh, but out from that on a, in a mill site, and my uncle had a, a trailer, and he was changing the trim around the windows, and I was, I think I was around 11 or 12, something in that range, and he said, we're going to remove the old trim off the window, the wood trim around the window, and we're going to put on new trim. We're going to do something. So he showed me how to do it. He said, you're going to put the claw of the hammer under there, and you're going to pull down, and the wood is going to pop off. And so I watched him, and I said, yeah, 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 when you're 11, 12, or when, yeah, 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 you nod your head, and there might be somebody else that does that. And you just, yes, but I wasn't really listening. He was showing me, but I wasn't really listening. So he left and left me to the task. And so I put my hammer in there, the claw under the wood, and I lifted up. Because instead of being under the wood, I was on top of the wood and lifted the hammer and smashed the window, just like that, right into the hammer, my first go, uh, right into the window, smashed and broke the window, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? I was more afraid of my aunt than my uncle, though, but he was fine. He said, you should just listen better, Craig. I, I taught you. I showed you what to do. Listen. I want to teach you. And so he re-showed me again, and, but he didn't leave me this time. He monitored my monitored me. Another, another time, uh, one of my, uh, this is when I was very young, I think I was probably four or five, and I have older brothers, and I think it was my uh, second oldest brother, maybe my oldest brother, who showed me, which I thought was a real thing, but apparently it was a trick. They got those uh, hard, like lima beans or the beans, and they put it up one, on one's nostril, and they showed me how that miraculously they could make it go up their nose and come out the other side. I didn't, I was like amazed. I'm like, show me that again. Teach me, oh master. And so they got a, a bean and they stuck it up their nose and they pulled it out the other side. It was a sleight of hand, but I was four or five. And so later on by myself, I found a bean. And I was like, I could do this. I've watched the master. So I put it up and, and I put it up and, and I put it up and I discovered that there was nothing around the top. And my next stop after their great trick was that I had to go to the doctor, long tweezers, and pull that baby out of there right now. So sometimes I think that's how we, what happens in prayer. We kind of like, yeah, 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 and we don't have the result or the effect that we thought we would. And other times we just feel foolish because we didn't really get what was going on, but we were not really moving ahead in it. And what then tends to happen is we either go to two extremes in prayer. We wait until life is on fire, figuratively speaking, where everything's blowing up, and we're like, break the glass time, it's time to pray. And then we pray. Or we never pray at all. And this is not intended in any way when we say teach us to pray, to say, oh, of course we can all pray more. Or, of course we wish we would pray more. None of that. We're just letting all that go and just say, Lord, teach us. Move me a step in the journey of prayer that I could see a little bit more of an effect in my life and through my life and through our church. And Because the world desperately needs more than it's currently experiencing in God. You know, it seems that we vacillate between those things that, that smash the glass or we feel awkward and we quit and we give up. You know, those moments when you're in an in a, in a environment where there's prayer happening and, and pastor says, hey, is, do we have any volunteers for prayer? People who moments before were looking you in the eye are suddenly 
Not, they're looking at their feet. They're like, he's not going to ask me. Do not make eye contact. Don't. I can't. Don't. And, and if someone twitches, I'm like, thank you for volunteering. And then we go and pray. We're all desperately afraid. We feel like somebody else is an expert on it. Other people do it better. They say big, long words. And they pray for a long time. And, 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 and I'm just, I don't know how to do this thing called prayer. I identify with the disciples. But we want to make prayer very, very meaningful for each one of you and for myself personally. I have not arrived in prayer. Prayer is relationship because we love God and we want to move more towards God, draw near to Him, and He draws near to us. We want to make prayer accessible, not for experts and people who have known Jesus for hundreds and hundreds of days or weeks and months. God wants to hear our needs. God wants to move in our city. God wants us to ask questions of him. People, sometimes all we know what to do is tell God what we need, but we actually want to teach you, and there will be opportunity to take a course called Hearing God, where you can learn how to hear God direct your life and help you in the details of your life. That God is not just up there in the sky and uh, looking over things, but he's actually walking with you and leading your life and helping you to move forward in life in every area of your life. God wants us to pray to, for things that are not happening right now. He says, pray, your kingdom come, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there's things that are not happening here that are already God's heart and desire in, in, in heaven. And God wants, to, God wants more of his peace in, in the city of Surrey. God wants there to be less deaths by addiction in the city of Surrey. God wants our families to walk in health and wholeness. God wants our relationships to be restored. God wants to set things right that are out of order in our life. And we, we don't go wondering, I don't know if God wants that. He said, pray on earth as it already is in heaven. I need more of his peace. I need more of his joy. I need more of his love. I need, is there somebody that could say, God, I need more of your heavenly desire on earth as it is in heaven? On earth as it is in heaven. We're not trying to convince an unwilling father. He said, pray on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. This, this summer, I'm reminded again of absolute desperate need to pray. Personal things going on, things happening in church, things that kept coming, one, to get rid of one thing or think you have and another thing comes and another. And you find yourself sometimes on the defensive and moving back or barely holding ground instead of continuing to move forward. And that could happen in your own personal life. It can happen because of what's going on in your life. It can happen because you, we read too, much news, too many newspapers. We listen to too many newscasts. And we start to think and get into a, a mode of retreat and into a rut of just hanging on. When Jesus said, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is part of God's way to advance things in the earth. Not just to hold ground, but to take ground. But I was experiencing my own life. I had some health things that are, that are being worked on and some different things. Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have a jammer here as far as I know in the pulpit. But there's just some things that were bothering me and I was waking up in the night and, and feeling moments of anxiousness and, and noticing that I was more concerned about what bad things could happen than about what God might want to do in the midst of bad things. 
And that's kind of moments where I was like, whoa, what am I doing? This is not how God's called it to do. So it's not just you that might struggle in prayer. I still struggle in prayer. I still moments find myself reacting instead of responding in situations. But our world is broken in so many places. We're broken in so many places. And, and we try to look good and, and make sure that we just keep a positive attitude. But how many of you know that we desperately need God to move in our lives, in our families, in situations that maybe nobody else knows about or talks about, but you know, you know, you know what's going on in your house. You know what's going on in your workplace, and you're saying, oh, God, we desperately need you. Lord, there's situations that I've tried every which way to Sunday to try and fix, and, and I haven't fixed, and, and I might be in a moment where my financial stress is overwhelming or the anxiety is keeping you up at night or you're going through adding another baby to your home, and you're like, all kinds of things are coming. All of us have a story that's behind what, what's going on right in our face. Things are happening in our nations, in our nation. We need God. Bigotry, problems in, you know, this, in our city so far in 2018, an average in the city of Surrey, not lower mainland, an average of 17 people a month are dying because of overdose. 17. Wow. We need God. We need God. Prayer is simply, oh, Jesus, teach me how to pray because we need more answers like happen when you, when you pray. We need more things moving like what happened when you pray. And, God, we need your help in our city. We can't do this by ourselves. We're out of alignment, God. We need to be moving on to your agenda and what you have for us. Broken relationships, financial stress, often leading us in that holding pattern instead of advancing into darkness with the power and the presence of heaven in our world. Because that's God's heart. Our key, Lord, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done. Deliver us from evil things that are going on. God, help us to walk in light and love in our, in our city and our nation. Prayer is not some odd thing done by odd people. Prayer is what it means to be a Christ follower. It's the bridge between heaven and us. It's the, God, I'm asking that things in heaven will be manifest in earth or show up on earth because right now, God, I need help. This situation, my family, my, my body, my, my, my spouse's body, I just God help us and we need you, we need you. Jim Simbala, who pastors in New York, wrote this. The devil's not terribly frightened of our human efforts, our push. He's not terribly frightened of our credentials, but he knows that his kingdom will be damaged when we begin to lift up our hearts to God. My goal for today and for this series for three to four times throughout this year through corporate prayer times is that God would show us something that works in our everyday life, that we would advance forward a little bit more in our prayer life, that we would see God's kingdom come and His will be done in a greater dimension as we partner with God in prayer. Because Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Now, his house is not a building like this. In fact, in 1 Peter, it says that we are living stones being put together to be fit together uh, to be a house of God. So in other words, he's saying the people of God, the man of God, the woman of God, the church will be a place where we are a place of prayer. Not a place where prayer happens, not a place where uh, uh, prayer meetings are, but a place of prayer. 
He said in Luke 18, always pray and never give up. In uh, 1 Thessalonians, never stop praying. Because why would he have to say that? Because often that's what happens. We give up. We stop. We wear down. And we, we forget that God wants to move things along. We don't want to be just a church with prayer. We don't want to be, just be a church that prays. We want to be a church of prayer, that it permeates everything that we do. It leads everything we do. We say around here that prayer is the furnace that gets the heat in the church moving up. Prayer is the engine for the church to move us forward into what God has for us. Prayer is what we need in every area of our life. Prayer is what we need in our families. Prayer is what we need in our city. Prayer is what we need in a nation. Somebody could have said amen by now. Prayer is what I need in my life. I need more of God. I need God to open things that are closed. I need God to close things that are open. I need to God to shut down things that need to be shut down. I need God to activate things that are called dead right now. I need God to heal things that are broken and messed up. I just need God in every area of my life. Our church needs God in every area of our life. Our homes need God more than we do right now. Come on. Teach us, Lord, to pray. Teach us, Lord, to pray. I want to grow in my prayer life. I want all of us to grow in our personal prayer life. I want our church to grow in our prayer life because prayer is an invitation to God. Oh, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is that invitation. Here, here are just a few things that we're going to do that talk about lifestyle prayer. You, if you, some of you might have a, a paper that you got at the door. If not, you can pick it up afterwards. But Jesus, we're asking him to teach us in Mark chapter 1, Verse 35 to 37, it says this. It says, before daybreak, somebody say, before daybreak. <laughs> You're like, is there another option? <laughs> yeah, there is. It's all right. We're going to get to that. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others, Jesus went first. And how many of you are with Simon Peter? Later, like around noon, no, later Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. What did Jesus do before he got busy? Pray. Everybody's looking for you. There's all kinds of things to do. Your kids are crawling all over you. It's school starting tomorrow. Settle down. Jesus is showing us a pattern here. Help us to become more effective. First thing, find a certain time. Find a certain time to pray. For me, if I don't have a certain time, you know when it happens? Oh, just before I fall asleep. I didn't pray today. I didn't, uh, or I say, well, I prayed in the car on the way. All good. It's no, it's no problem. But my certain time for me is morning time. And it's early in the morning. And that's me. I'm a morning person. That's some of you might be able to take time, go for a prayer walk on your, uh, in your lunchtime. Some of you might be after the kids have fallen asleep because you've uh, put them to bed finally. And, or some of you might be uh, locking the bathroom door so that your kids don't know where you are, putting Paw Patrol on. I don't know. But find a certain time. Because if it's not, hap if you don't schedule it and make it a priority, more than likely, it won't happen. And don't get all stressed out. But if you are aiming for a target five to six times a week, you're aiming for it, and you'll more likely hit it two or three. 
But if you have no target, you'll hit it. So find a certain time to pray. Find a certain time to pray. Put it on your calendar. Do it. A certain place that you go to. Those with successful prayer lives go into the prayer closet. I think it was uh, one of uh, the Wesley's moms. They had the Jonathan, John and Charles Wesley. She had like, I believe it was 18 children. And 18. I can't handle two. I'll, uh, just, we all have different grace. So sometimes the way that she prayed, her certain place, she would take her apron and put it up over her head. And the kids knew, don't bug mom. I think maybe because one of them pulled it down once and then there was 17. But I, no, just kidding, just kidding. It was a different time. No, it didn't happen. But she made her certain place because she absolutely knew if she was going to raise 18 kids, she needed to help a heaven somebody. 18, whoo, that's a lot. A certain place. For me, I go to my back deck until it's too cold to go there. And then it's by the fire. And, I, and I'm down there quietly because I need to get down out of my... I used to try and say, I'll get up, I'll read my Bible while I'm laying here in bed. It doesn't work. Because then my meditation became longer and longer and my eyes are closed. A certain place that you go to. For you, wherever that is, find a place. A certain plan. Things that you have planned to say. Things that you are prepared to go in. When you go to the doctor, you don't just walk in and, and he's like, what are you here for? I'm like, I, I don't know. I just wanted to see how you're doing. It was a good summer. Yeah, me, yeah, we went. We went. Jamaica was really fun at the beach and everything. Yeah, good, I'll see you later. No, you go in and he's like, what are you doing here? You're getting charged. Come with a plan because, God, I need help in some areas, God. I want to meet with you, God. I want to talk with you about things that are happening in my life. I want to listen to you. And, and Jesus gives a model in what we just read in Luke chapter 11 of, the, of uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, you start, hallowed be your name. I want to worship you. Your kingdom come. God, there's areas where I need you to move in my life. Your will be done. Help me to move along. Give me today my daily bread. Lord, I need some things today. Lord, forgive me my debt. Oh, get my, get, get my heart right with you. Forgive others. Get my heart right with others. And just move your way through it. And Lord, deliver me from, from evil. Everywhere I feel like I'm under attack, Lord, thank you that you're moving on my behalf. And so we begin to move. But have a plan of some kind. Don't worry if you don't get it through at all, but you're more likely to get somewhere if you head there. Some of you got that. It was so deep. It will be huge for us if we just begin to have a certain time, a certain place, and a certain plan. Your plan might be beginning with just writing down a couple of things that you're going to pray for. You're going to pray for your son or your daughter, and you're going to pray for your marriage, and you're going to pray for your city. Great. Begin. And as you go, you will begin to a time, a place, and a plan will change us. But that's just to begin. I want to leave us with a thought today that I, that I want to just kind of echo through throughout this year. And it's very, very simple. We've talked about it every, I think about two years ago, and we're bringing that back again. Pray first. Pray first. Sometimes we say things, we've done everything we can. All we can do now is pray. Think about that. We've done everything we can. Now all we can do is pray. What if we started with prayer? Other times, all we do is pray and we don't do anything. I think prayer is actually meant to move us from where we are into another place. Prayer is actually meant to show us what to do. It's not just pray and we leave it, oh, I'm going to leave it to God. No, no, God sometimes in prayer will tell you, 
to how to answer your prayer. God, I pray that you would help me be reconciled to my friend. Okay, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to go over and say, I'm sorry. No, God, I pray that, that you will help them to see how bad they were and how they need to help me and forgive. No. Pray first. Action is important. Prayer is important. It's not either or. It's both and. But pray first. Why pray first? In 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. If my people, if my people will pray, I will hear. And that place of prayer begins, began with... The nation was out of order. There was all kinds of craziness going on. The enemy was coming at them in every which way. And, and God says, when those moments are on, when... Okay. Can I do anything with that? One moment. This was only a test. If this were really... A So if you hear that in a service, what that means is it's stop and pray. That's what that means in a service. It's a test of the emergency prayer activation network. I don't know if you knew that. So we're going to take a moment and pray for the sound guys and uh, the devil that's in the sound system. You come out. Someone used to say that, that sometimes there's a devil in the sound system. I used to disagree, but today I just delivered him. Cut off his power source, and what happens? He shuts up. We can, I'm going to preach that right now. See, when the devil's coming at you, making all kinds of noise, you got to shut him down, pull out his power source, and start to activate a new power source of heaven, because when heaven speaks into a situation, it overwhelms the noise. It shuts down the devil. It shuts down the thing that's coming around and stopping you from hearing what God's doing. But you got to shut the devil sometimes and start to activate the voice of heaven that will speak into your life, that will speak into your family, that will speak into your marriage, that will speak into a city when all the things that people People are here is a whole lot of noise. There we go. Be ready to move. Pray first. We need a move of God. We need the power of heaven. We need his kingdom on earth. It was more than well-intentioned efforts. It was more than simply trying harder. If it was, we would already got there because every one of us are working hard to do what God has called us to do. But it's more than that. I want us to pray first. If my people will pray, then he will hear. Why is he saying that? Because it's not often our first response. Often our first response is, worry. Often our first response is fight back. Often our first response is strategize. Often our first response is gossip. Often our first response is talk about it. But God says, yeah, actually I want to change that and say, I want to help your strategy, but pray first. I want to help that broken rec uh, um, relationship, but pray first. So don't you go try and fix it. You'll probably make it worse. Actually just begin to pray and I may adjust you in the moment to what I want to do for a long, long time. But our bottom line today is that prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Four things that need your action and need your prayer first. We need to do these and we'll get more done if we pray first. Pray first for our nation. 
It's so easy in our social media age to criticize, to call down, to question the motives of, to call names of anybody who puts themselves up as a leader. And that's not the kingdom of God. You can talk about bad decisions and all that, but when you cross a line into a personal realm, that's not God. That's not the way the kingdom of heaven operates. You don't partner with the kingdom of God by partnering with the kingdom of darkness. You don't advance God's ways by doing it devil ways. And I'll just put that out there right now. I urge then, Paul, Tim, Paul said to Timothy, that first of all, somebody say first, that requests, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. It helps you by praying for people that are in authority over you. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your prime minister. Pray for your MLA Marvin Hunt. Pray for your MP. As we go into our Surrey uh, city elections, you'll be praying that God exalts righteous people. You'll be praying that God raises up people that will advance and not get in the way of what God has. As we come into election in 2019 in our nation, we're going to be praying that God will exalt righteous people people. We're going to pray first and vote second. When was the last time we prayed for somebody instead of cursing them? Oh, the Supreme Court, this and that. And yeah, they make some decisions that I'm concerned about. But what if we prayed for them and asked that God would so surround them that they can't escape his presence? They go into their room and, and they feel like, man, there's a presence here that, that's drawn me to change my mindset. There's a way that I'm moving that I never thought I would move before because God is involved in the picture. Your prayer puts, puts pressure on the spiritual atmosphere around them and can begin to manifest in the natural realm. It's both, but pray first. It's not just action, it's pray first. Pray so that action actually does something more than make you tired. Pray first. Second of all, we pray not just for our nation, pray first for your family. Someone said, it, or Corey Tenboom said, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Does prayer direct your life or is it just a backup plan in case your way doesn't work? Is prayer your spare tire? Is prayer your steering wheel? In your family, nothing tends to cement the hearts of Christians together more than praying together, Charles Finney said. Never do they love one another so well as when they witness outpouring of others' hearts for them in prayer. If you want to change your family, begin to pray for your family. Pray first. Let's... Uh, we, we never had family altars and, you know, where we had lit candles and all that kind of stuff. But we made a habit of praying for situations at our dinner table. We made a habit as we drove down the road, let's pray for that family member. We just started to integrate into our family. When we're going to talk about a situation, we're going to pray and ask God to move and, and see if God would do something that would surprise us. See if he, he will be what he says he is, that he will move me onto his agenda in a powerful, powerful way fight for our families, not by fighting against them, but by praying for them. I talked to someone before the prayer uh, service this morning, or before service this morning. They said they have 16 people in their family that have once walked with God that they're praying that God will turn them around. You know that more people are turned by prayer than are uh, turned by our arguments. Uh, we pray first. We pray first. And we talk second. We pray that God will prepare the hearts so that when we talk, it opens up a, a, a space in them to, for God to land. I had uh, breakfast with someone uh, this week who, as I was going to the meeting, I had no idea why they were calling me. And I 
said, Lord, just help me to know what to say and even better, what not to say. And when we were talking back and forth across a, a breakfast, God dropped a scripture that I had had for myself, I thought, and I shared it with them, tears in their eyes. I didn't know that God knew me. I didn't know that he was hearing me. I didn't know that his hand was on my life. And that's what God can do. Pray first, respond second, because prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Somebody say that. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Hey, but if that's all, if you're in a place where you feel like your last resort, start there. It's all right. Pray first for the lost, people who are far from God. We believe that it's a heaven and a hell issue. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. There is a real God and there's a real devil. There's a battle on for people's lives. There's a battle for people who feel so far from God, but God, who is rich in mercy and abounding in love, has given of himself and said, I'm going after them. And there's a battle on. There's 99 in the room, sheep. Jesus talks about it, that there's 99, but one has gone astray. He doesn't say it's okay that 99% are here. He says there's one. There's still one more son. There's still one more daughter. There's still one more sheep. And pray, don't lose perspective. It's not just about the 99 in the room. It's about the 400,000 in our city that are so far from God. They don't even know their right hand from their left hand. They don't know God as he sees them and knows them and would love to be involved in their life. I hear of stories of people being stirred up though. Last week, three people responded to Jesus because someone believed in God enough to invite them here and see God move in their life. Pray for the lost. Jesus talked in Matthew 9. It says he saw the, sh the people like sheep scattered and helpless, with, like, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said this, Therefore he said to his disciples, to his followers, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, somebody say it with me. Therefore, okay, somebody else. Therefore, the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. He said, pray for the harvest, pray for the workers, pray that God will do what only God can do. Draw people to himself. Pray that you will be engaged in the harvest. Look what happens. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. In other words, you're praying, God, do something in my heart where I have no space in my life to labor for God. Do something in my schedule, Lord. Help me to get onto your agenda. Help me to move into your place. Help me to move into alignment with what you're doing. Because Jesus sees people, and he doesn't just see names. He doesn't just see numbers. He sees his creation. He sees his sons and his daughters. He sees brokenness, and he wants to see broken people made well. He wants to see people who are walking without hope to see hope restored. That's the God of the Bible. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's his heart for people. Pray first for the lost. And what about me? Pray first for the lost. Don't lose perspective. Don't lose perspective. And I'm going to, as we pray, I believe that God's going to ask more and more of us to engage and be a laborer and answer the prayer of Jesus. Holding a baby in nursery, greeting at the door, holding umbrellas, serving in children's church, serving at our adoptive school, doing whatever God would help to respond to the prayer of, a, of the Lord Jesus where he says, do this. There's people who are scattered and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Pray first for the lost because prayer is our first response, not our last resort. They're going to come. 
And one day, one Sunday, it'll be the best Sunday of your life when you have your brother or your, your son or your daughter or your friend and they're, stand, they're sitting beside you and suddenly they raise their hand and say, I'm going to start a relationship with Jesus and that'll be the best Sunday that you ever had when you have, because you have participated in a labor, you have invested in, in a relationship, you have interceded for them and you have now invited them and God has done something that's exceedingly abundant. He's brought them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of his dear son. He's taken them from death into life. And that's what the heart of God is for our lives and for, for the people of our city. Pray first for the lost. Pray first. Just talk second. Last week it was someone's mom. I got to hear the story last week of someone's mom that had been invited. Wow. I think it's cool. Because eternity's at stake. We have a little blip of time called planet Earth and, and we, we have the whole of eternity and our, our little blip is like that and, and we make it the biggest thing and the most thing. But it's important, but eternity is God help us to see the perspective of eternity. To not just see what I want and I have, but to see the perspective of eternity, what God would want and do. Intercede, invest, and invite. Finally, pray for our, first for our needs. Headache. Tylenol. Pray first. Just pray first. A dilemma in your family. Pray first and then go solve it. Someone says they have a need. Pray first and ask God how he would have you respond. Your anxiety. Go to the doctor, but pray first. Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I think most of us have that reversed. Don't pray about anything. Instead, worry about everything. That's very often how we live our life. And then we're like, oh, right, in case of emergency, break glass. No, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. This is basically a prescription for your anxiety right here. You can do whatever the doctor does. You can get the, the, all the, the therapy and the counseling. And please do. Go to your doctor. Please do. But don't forget, pray first. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then what happens? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. In other words, it's mind-blowing. You won't be able to understand. How are you walking in peace? I don't know, and I don't get it, but I am. The result, pray first, peace that will exceed anything. And not this week, but next week. I'm warning you ahead of time. We're going to hit it again next week. We're going to have a week of prayer and fasting. We're going to start our ministry year off with prayer and with fasting. And if you've never fasted before, I'm going to challenge you to fast. Talk more about it next week. But I'm going to challenge you to give up something for whether it's maybe giving up a meal, whether maybe it's giving up your TV time, maybe it's giving up, who knows, but you're going to pray and ask God what it is and say, God, instead of that, I'm going to go after prayer. I want to get on your agenda. I want to pray first. I want to pray first for my school year. I want to pray first for as I step into my workplace. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. At the end of the service, you're going to be able to get this uh, is a little bracelet. It just says pray first. Thank you, worship team. It says pray first. So before you go into a meeting in your workplace to close that deal, pray first. Before you go to run for office, you go pray first. Before you go to vote, you pray first. Before you go to try and be reconciled, pray first. Before you do uh, to go to pray for someone who's sick, pray first. God, what is your agenda? What, is your, what are you doing here? I want to hear you. 
And we're going to give you opportunity to grow in your prayer life this year because we absolutely believe that prayer is the furnace of the church, that prayer is the engine that moves us along. Without it, we're just noisy. Our first response, not our last resort. I invite you to stand. We're not done yet, but just invite you to stand. Don't anybody leave. We have some kids in the room. We're going to pray over our kids before they step into their and our teachers and everything. But everyone, if you can just stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just we we want to respond. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to respond, and then we're going to close out our service. But just before we do, now some of you are here and feel like you're prayer is just hitting the ceiling that God's a million miles away. Perhaps you have established and what was once life-giving has now become dry, dull, religious. And you just say, Pastor, I, I want, I, I don't want just a religion thing of do this and don't do that. My religious duty is empty and something is missing. Some of you that have never known God personally, but you want to know him and to begin a personal relationship with Jesus today. We're going to pray. And for every person that says, I'm ready to come into a relationship with God, I want to surrender the control of my life to God. That's simply what we're going to be asking you to do in a moment. If you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, to make Jesus that today. I'm going to pray a prayer of surrender. If that's you today and you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life and you want to today, just slip your hand up and I'm going to pray a prayer with you and you can begin today, today, a relationship with God. On my left, your right. Just pop your hand up, put it up. We're going to pray with you. Right down the middle, anyone? It's your day. Not someday, one day. On my right, your left. Now, if there's anyone here who says, Pastor, I need a fresh revitalization of my prayer life, and I'm going to begin and just say, God, I need you. Just throw your hand up in the room. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Hands all over the room. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to, next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that in corporate prayer times, and we're going to have prayer book. But Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that you are activating us to fresh awareness of our need for you, Lord Jesus. We desperately need you, Lord. We desperately need you, Jesus. Just take a moment in your own words. Just ask Jesus to put a fresh hunger inside of you. Put a fresh desire to know him and to walk with him and get on his agenda. Lord, we invite you. We invite you, Jesus. Lord, that we would start into this new season with a fresh awareness of our need to pray first respond out of that. We need you, Jesus. We need you, we need you. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated as our kids come forward. We're going to give an opportunity for you to pray first. We might need some help getting kids up here. I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray first for these are, maybe your kids are all grown up and you don't have kids of your own, but there are kids that are coming back. We have our school, Regent Christian Academy, uh, we have kids here that go there. We have kids that go to other schools. We have kids that are homeschooled. And, and we're just going to pray for them. Uh, we're going to pray for teachers. That, come on, give them a hand as they come. Don't they look awesome? They'll find their way. 
There's going to keep coming. Stage is going to stay up. Here we go. Keep clapping for them. They're a little nervous. Smile big. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. It's all right. You can crawl up. You know what's really cool about, I recognize some of these kids whose parents give their life to Jesus in the last year and are being raised in the house of God. I love that. Come on. Here we go. Hey, Brucey. How are you? Look at that. Just, isn't it great? Shanda, I'm going to ask you to come and pray. Pray over these kids and everybody. I'm going to ask you to stand again and stretch your hands towards them moment we're gonna pray they keep coming here they are Emmanuel how are you good to see you good soccer team all right aren't they good looking yeah some of them are a little hungry they're digging for something they're a little hungry got plaids how many of you are going to kindergarten anybody anybody going to kindergarten first time how many of you are going to preschool any preschoolers over there yeah but who's this how do you say your name Benton? Benton? Yeah. You going to preschool? Yeah. Fantastic. So they're going to school for the very first time. I know there's some teachers out there. It's coming again. The Lord's going to help you. You're going to be a great light for Jesus. You're going to see God use you in a powerful way. Expect God to use you. You're in a place of influence. God places you there. He's going he's gonna to pour out through you, surprise you. Okay, you going to pray? Also, if there's any college students or high school students, if you can put your hand up. I'm just going to ask, if you're around some of those people, can you just surround them, put your hand on them? We want to pray for them as well. And family, I'll lead in prayer, but just be praying as well along with me as I pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to come to you this morning and to lift our children before you. Lord, I thank you that you are raising a mighty army. Father, I thank you that right now, as they are facing a new school year, that your hand of protection would be upon each and every student, from the youngest to the oldest. Father, I thank you that your favor surrounds them with, as a shield. Lord, I thank you that the path ahead of them is straight. Lord, I thank you that this will be a year where their year is marked as they grow in their knowledge of you, as they grow in their ability to share with others the love of Jesus. Father, I thank you that each and every student in this room is an ambassador. Lord, what a mighty army we have before us. Lord, as these young ones, become aware of their gifts and their talents and their abilities to show Jesus to a lost generation. Lord, would you put the words of heaven in their mouth? Would you put the love of Jesus in their heart? Father, that they would be lights wherever their feet go. Father, I thank you that you go ahead of them, that you surround them on every side, that your favor is with them. And Father, that these ones would be the ones at the head of the spear. Lord, that as we remember to pray for them, as we remember to intercede for them that they would go with a boldness that goes beyond understanding that they would step out in faith into all that you have called them to father we thank you for your favor and protection over them we love them and we bless them in jesus name amen